Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. Today we'll be talking about episode 13 of season 3, The Zeppo. Or as it was originally titled, Xander's Day Out. <laughs> Let's head into the library. Wow, that... <laughs> we might even replace the door noise with just the clinking of glasses because that was beautiful. Um, just really before we get comments in, uh, just want to say two things. One, that was a very loud chair. And two, uh, the episode was not originally called Xander's Day Out. Uh, that was a joke, and no. I don't want people thinking that no. that, that was true. Yeah, just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. But now that it's cleared, wow, we get to talk about the Zeppo this week. Hooray! Oh, God, I love the Zeppo. This is um, previous uh, guest and fellow study buddy Ben Margley's favorite episode. Mm-hmm. He's coming back Zeppo. soon, right? He will be visiting soon, so we'll be getting him for another episode, yeah. This was my favorite episode growing up, and I still adore it, but it is no longer... My favorite. It's a little different. One. Because yeah. you've grown as a person. Yay! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> but in high school, when I first thought, I was like, oh my god. Um, and it's still great. And Dan Weber wrote it. Dan Weber, who, Futurama writer who wrote Lover's Walk. Super great TV writer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great TV writer. Uh, this is a super fun episode. We want to hop right into it and talk about our favorite things about it, what's funny, uh, kind of the bigger implications of this episode, what it means to us personally. But first, what if you were running around getting all the ingredients you needed for a cake and you missed the episode? Don't worry, we have got you covered because Chris Vermonte is going to summarize this episode in five Raising the Dead sentences. My challenge to you is to keep the rest of the Scooby's summary to one sentence. Okay. All right, go ahead. After a recent battle with the gang and demons, it is determined that Xander, more of the time than not, actually is expendable and not really helping. So Buffy and Buffy and Giles ask Xander to remain fray adjacent during their future encounters, leaving Xander to feel left out and like a loser. One. After some ribbing from Cordelia, who tells Xander that he is the Zeppo, parenthesis, the Marx brother that everyone forgets, close parenthesis, uh, Xander is determined to discover what makes him unique and figures out uh, and decides that using his Uncle Rory's cool car will give him a unique personality, but that attracts the attention of a only car-loving lady who goes on a ride with Xander and is with him when he encounters school bully and psychopath Jack, who gets into a tussle with Xander and puts a knife to his neck until Xander stands up for him in front of the police to throw things under the rug. Jack decides Xander is going to be the new wheelman of his crew. Two. But this crew is not a normal crew, and Xander soon finds that Jack is a dead zombie man who is raising his bully idiot crew of other zombie men that terrorize town and decide that the thing that they think is going to be the most exciting thing in the world is to go and build a bomb that they're going to blow up at the school and Xander is trapped in their employ until he decides to make a run for it when he runs into a fighting on the street faith who after a battle is unable to kill the person she's trying to kill and is so 
aroused by the situation that she pulls Xander into her, her apartment and takes his virginity. Three. Meanwhile, the most apocalyptic po- apocalypse ever <laughs> is happening behind the scenes, and Xander is being left out as the Hellmouth is going to be reopened, and Angel is at the center of it, and all the tears are flowing, but Xander doesn't really get a glimpse of it because the gang is very adamant about keeping him out of that situation. Four. Little does the gang know that Xander re-encounters this gang and discovers that they put the bomb at the high school. And Xander goes to the high school, shows down with the zombies, and uh, convinces with his words to make Jack deactivate the bomb. Not only uh, unbeknownst to the gang, uh, the Buffy gang, saving them from a full-on school explosion while the rest of the gang defeats the Hellmouth monster and everybody ultimately is okay and Xander never tells anyone of the heroic deeds of that night. Five, great, awesome. This is, just to kind of get the conversation going, uh, I would say that this is both a very funny episode and also a very deep and sad episode once you get that beautiful one-liner from Xander at the end where he's like, I enjoy the quiet. Mm-hmm. And so it's such an interesting mix of that where we get so much of that kind of stuff from Buffy and it's really interesting to see Zane, like what happens when you boil Xander down to a moment of death. Yeah. But first, let's talk about all the funny stuff. This is a hilarious episode. It's so great. I it's, love it. I love that it's the most serious thing they've ever faced. Yeah. And that that's played for comedy, but it's played so serious. It's making, it's like... Seeing it from the outside makes Buffy look like such a silly show, which it is. Yeah. yeah. And I love that they have that, they do that. Where like the scene with Buffy and Angel is the funniest. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it cuts to close-ups. That's yeah. what I love is it cuts to close-ups mid yeah. like, we don't see the part where like, you know, Buffy came in with something and Angel was like exercising and like that little banter. Mm-hmm. And then like the buildup, it cuts right into the crying. Mm. Cut right to the, I can't lose you again. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is great. And I also love the, uh, the there's this, the, I think the earliest one in it is where Xander's like, yeah, oh, if there's not enough jelly donuts, well then that's not the, that's the hard cut to Giles. The end of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! And then we find out that it, jelly donuts were actually a lot more important. It was so great though because I feel like everyone gives jelly donut shit, and I really like jelly donuts. And when Giles was like, "There's no more jelly," I was like, "Oh, Buffy ate three of them," and it's like, "Oh, we'll just send Xander out for more <laughs> donuts." Clearly, that's the solution. So you're a jelly belly. I've heard it. Yeah, I was gonna ask like what. Donuts are everyone's favorites. I really like jelly donuts. I love twists. I'm a twisty, but I also what can is go the, for what a is good that? crumb. It's the, like the bar, but it's a twist. Oh, it's like the yeah yeah the. Yeah, and then I, I'm also. I don't really love donuts. Crumb. I've noticed you don't love donuts. I'm not a big donuts person. What are you that replaces that? Bagels. I'm not That's, a big donut person either. But not even out here because bagels aren't as good. I'm a really big bagel person. Donuts are too sweet. I can't do sweets. I can't do anything. But you that's only too need sweet. one bagel. I mean, only one. I donut. I can't even eat a whole donut usually. It's just too much sweet. Are, are you okay with half a donut? 
Like it's not. Yeah, it doesn't matter about the amount. I like uh, I like Munchkins, which I'm not. Munchkins sure are good because yeah. they're tiny. Yeah, those Munchkins are, donut, are Dunkin Munchkins donuts, are Dunkin donut Donuts. Donut holes. Donut holes. Donut holes. I know what Munchkins are. Those are not nearly as good as a good donut. No, because it's like donuts are too much. That's all you need. A little. Boop. You can get a jelly Munchkin. And you can get different kinds. Yeah, you can get a jelly, jelly Munchkin. But you can yeah. get a chocolate one. You can get a glazed one. You get cinnamon, and all you need is a powdered little sugar. It's a t- different taste of different. You guys are the kind of sick. Sick assholes who are just like, I wish I could just take food in pill form. Just get it done with. There is an art to making a donut the way it looks. There's a reason it doesn't have, it has the pit. There's a reason it looks the way it does. So much. It's too much You guys just want these little globs of fat, these little adipose. I am so mad at both of you right now. (laughs) Hey, there was a time where I loved a donut. Then there was a time where I realized, you know what? Maybe I can do without these. No, it's not even that. So, like, I like all of my sweets in miniature form because it's always too much. Because I can be like, even when I order ice cream, I'm like, I really want ice cream. I get a giant ice cream cone, start eating it, and I'm like, oh, no, this is way too much. Like, I can't do that much sugar. You have to order European style, guys. You're ordering American. I order, you go to to, uh, your favorite ice creamery, right? Mm -hmm. And your favorite Italian ice creamery, you order a sample, just a little spoon. That's all you need. You walk out. That's how... That's the it's economy. Like that That's in, how you run the economy. Uh, is it You're the Worst where they do that? I or is it Lady Dynamite? I think it's You're the Worst. Where they just go into like a ice cream store and do like five different samples. And, and then they're out. But like a good ice Love cream that. place gives you just enough ice cream. Mm-hmm. If you're getting mounds and mounds of ice cream, they're compensating for something. You guys are okay. Like you guys like the idea of donuts though, right? Yes, for sure. You know, just too like much. a yeah. like if I, if I sugary give you like a circular plushy, thing, like a plushy donut, so you'd think it's cute. You wouldn't think yeah. it's repulsive. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that the main reason I don't eat donuts is because of the caloric. Uh, sure, amount. sure. Yeah, yeah. That's general, and I and I don't obsess over their taste enough. Usually, if I'm indulging in uh, something that is dangerously caloric, mm-hmm. it's usually more of a savory. Indulgence. Also, our tastes change over time mm-hmm. too. That's uh, I, I was hearing about how children's tastes are actually more intense. So that's why at a certain age you start to like broccoli, and you're like broccoli's fine. But before that, it's very like pungent. Yeah, and it's hard for us to understand why kids don't. Also, child psychology didn't even exist until like the very end of like the 1800s. We just thought that children didn't even operate on a psychological model. But once you became oh a teenager, God. is when you actually started getting a psychology. So anyway, glad to hear that you guys like the idea of donuts. I Love agree. It. It's not an everyday food. I don't think it should be necessarily an everyday food. If you do eat every day, power to you. Mm-hmm. But the idea of a donut, the idea of a donut and a pizza and ice cream to me, like seeing a cartoon yeah. of those, I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Also like a leg of meat. In real life, I don't like a leg of meat, like a turkey leg. But if it's in the Flintstones, it looks delicious. Yeah, I'm with you. I, uh, <laughs> over Thanksgiving, I was on antibiotics, so I couldn't drink. And so I was back home, though, and it was like everybody from home was partying and stuff. So I was like the extra designated driver. Oh, and I, but I wanted to be because oh, I was okay. like, I want to make use of the fact that I can't drink right it's like now. It's a superpower. Uh, and so, um, on the way, I was getting a coffee, and it was at Dunkin' Donuts, and they told me, they're like, look, we're about to throw out everything. Do, <gasps> do you want any of it for free? And I said, I'll take all of it. And I rolled up to this party with like four full large shopping bags of donuts and bagels and was just like, hello. And everyone was like, you say <laughs> So all these drunk people were just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holland, I think you'll like this story. In college, my friend Jessica, my roommate Jessica Reader. Jessica Jones? Oh, no, Jessica Reader. Jessica Reader. Um, but related. Reader? Was she a reader? Name. She Oh, she was a reader. 
She's illiterate. And now yes, she's a doctor. Now she's, she's actually a doctor. Great. Uh, and I'm going to her wedding um, this fall. Damn it, uh, I'm a doctor. Is she marrying Sean Kelly? No. Oh. That would be very awkward. Because oh, I don't know. They I don't know are that. not getting married. I'm just both getting married. <laughs> but we all live together, so... I'm finally building out my roommate history on the podcast. Great. But she worked at a place where she got a bunch of bagels. I think it was like actually a, a medical conference. And then she, she came back with trash bags of bagels. And Sean and I were very excited. And what we did is we took all the bagels and we froze them in bags. And we put them in, um, we had a fridge freezer and then we had a, a fridge in our room. And there was like one other place we were putting the bagels. And we took people on a bagel tour of our apartment. And we were really proud of it. And we're like, I won the bagel tour. And we're like, welcome to Onion Mountain. And uh-huh. there's like Sesame River or something. Sesame River. I used to get really excited because I had a friend who worked at Starbucks. And he would always bring back a bunch of free pastries. But those things go bad like real Lickety quickly. Lickety which is Which is a good sign. Which means that... Starbucks pastries are good fresh. quality and organic and fresh and stuff. But he would do the thing where, like, he would act like he was just bringing them back from Starbucks, but they'd actually been sitting in his fridge for two weeks. Oh, that's... So then we'd, like, go to eat them, and I would... They would either be gross or, like, I'd notice... Like, I've, I'm so freaked out by mold. I have such, like, an irrational fear. Like, if I see mold on anything, I, like, instantly, like, will not eat it. Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, but not even like, because some people are like, oh, there's mold on this one piece of bread. I'll just keep oh, the rest I'll, of oh, I'll chuck. I'm just I'll like, no, like keep it away from me because I get so freaked out. I don't know. Really, I don't even. Really so fuck he with would, that yeah. So- <laughs> Unless it's in a store. Wait. But he would like he would bring stuff over. <laughs> And I only it get bread from already, the store. It would already have started going bad, and then oh, it also. God. But now I also just don't really get pastries from Starbucks now because I like had that experience where he oh, would try grim. and bring us like two weeks old I, Starbucks pastries. I want to get back to the episode, but I have to ask you guys a question really quickly. Yeah. Um, does mold? Have, this is a weird question, so get ready for it. Does mold have some sort of personification or character to you where it's inherently evil? Yes. To me, if I find mold in something, like I open up, like I'm eating something, and I open up the sandwich, and I see there's mold on something, in my mind, it's not, oh, this thing is going bad. It's that thing is evil, and it was sneaking up on me. Yeah. I, that's I how really I really don't mold. like mold. I hate mold so yeah, much. Mold Do you feel is, like it's alive? Yeah. Like, I mean, it is alive. It's but food so, cancer. Well, it's so, I get so grossed out because once you see it, you're like, did I accidentally consume this? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know when you're eating something that's starting to go bad that might not necessarily have mold on it, but it has kind of like a dirt taste to it? Yeah. And you're like, did I accidentally eat mm-hmm. mold? And it makes you never want to eat ever again. You yeah. just distrust yeah. food. No, totally. I, oh my God, I have thrown out some moldy things in my life. One time I lived in a, uh, the first apartment I lived in in LA was this weird basement in a house that was like, yeah, remember like the 1970s? I never went, but I remember it. Yeah, it was like this weird red room with mirrors all over the walls and it was about the size of a normal person's basement and it was just old and gross and felt like it had had a lot of porn shot in it. But uh, my friend Natalie, who's like hypersensitive to Mm -hmm. every the world um she wouldn't even walk in the room she like came in and she was like i can sense that there's black mold in here you need to move out of this she's room. like a psychic but for things that aren't good, like she yeah. for actual yeah like mold. she was like i'm not walking in that room there's black mold you should leave and i was like what and sometimes i wonder if it was yeah guys for your bathrooms keep good ventilation keep good open windows run that fan if you need to dry surfaces that don't need to stay moist mm-hmm. you know if you get a squeegee get a squeegee Water belongs down the drain, not on the walls. Yeah. Don't let black mold grow in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It'll hurt you. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of threats. Yes. Ooh, the undead bro army. Yes, they're the best. Because we, on one hand, we have got the Scoobies, which is at this point now a mix, but I would say is is definitely more on the feminine mm-hmm. side. 
right? We've got a lot of strong, awesome ladies. And it's funny because I keep forgetting what it's like to see a bunch of guys together in the in Sunnydale. And this is the episode where you see it. Yeah. Jack O'Toole, that's what his name is. Yes, I definitely agree with that. It is so... The, the Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like every F. Because they love each other. Mm-hmm. They're awful. They're murderous. They're, they're like involved in gang violence. They're all, they're just really dumb. Like <laughs> yeah. it was so hard for me to watch this episode because I like. They're the worst. Couldn't relate to them in the slightest. I like, because the only it's person I could relate to was Xander yeah. getting himself in like a real shitty situation. But where God, he's the, they were like Where he's awful. the driver for a yeah. gig of undead bros. <laughs> I love that. I am uncomfortable in uh, situations where I find myself with only men. Yeah. Which it might sound weird to say. It's different if it's like us hanging out with like yeah. Sam or something. You know, like yeah. there's definitely like with our friends, it's one thing. But I've noticed when I'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes, you like, like I'm hanging out with a bunch of dudes from work, and there's no women around. I like it's. I just get really uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Yeah. And this is exactly like if someone asked me why though, that sounds weird. I'd be like, Have you seen the Zeppo? Because I feel like I always find myself in Zeppo situations. Like a certain roguishness takes like precedence, where it's like. Certain male personality types assume that if they have kind of like an animalistic, misogynistic perspective, it's like if even if they just see that it's all men, they take on this persona that it's extra okay to say the most awful shit. Yeah. Whether it's like, and, it's, and it isn't. And it's like they almost like societally expect to just be able to say awful things. And it's kind of like that's what I think Everyone Zeppo kind of was. Accept, and that's what yeah. Xander kind of finds himself at the center of. But he's terrified. Yeah. Because, if he does, because Jack put a knife to his neck. Yeah. He's going to stab like, him. If I would would say it's like the opposite Sorry, of like. <laughs> I was just like, stab him. I'm mode still. Would you guys agree that it's almost like the opposite of like a Cordy gang? I feel like it, it's not the opposite, but like on the same spectrum where it mm-hmm. becomes the lowest common denominator becomes the general... Like, in those types of situations, like, the mediocre becomes, like, how everyone adapts to. Yeah. And they're just like, let's go blow stuff up. Whereas, like, in the Cordy groups, they're like, Cordelia's smarter than lots of those conversations, but they all need to agree. And so it kind of becomes a combination of Cordy and Harmony, and you meet in the middle, and it becomes this weird thing. Yeah. where I think it's just packs. I don't like that pack sort of thing. Yeah. No, it's, it's... And it's also, like, what I like about this episode, too... Is it wasn't the cool guys. No. It was the weird backwoodsy, if possible. You know, it was like that guy was yeah, that guy was a jock. He was, you know, the mm-hmm. you know, the Bob was was on the football team. But he wasn't one of the popular kids. No. It was We've like, never seen yeah, them. these were kind of the hicks. Yeah. And Jack O'Toole was sketchy. Yeah. And that's what I loved about that gang, because that stuff cropped up all the time. I know exactly who those gangs were. <laughs> and I like and you know what's a great scene? Because I think that this episode, to me, this episode is almost like the Xander pilot. Mm-hmm. Because it's like Xander has been so slimy in many ways, besides the parts of him that are just kind of fun and forgivable up to this point. But I feel like he finally really becomes Xander in this episode because it's like he's no longer Cordelia Xander, which was kind of like a forced relationship. He's back to being kind of like the, and I'm doing this in quotation marks, the loser. Yeah. The one that's expendable. The Zeppo. And exactly. And so he finally has to kind of. Like, I feel like his comedy finally came into place. And his bravery. Because I feel like that scene where he's with Jack, and Jack has the knife, and he keeps mm-hmm. on saying, what's the difference between you and me? And he says, well, Katie. Katie's the name of Jack's knife. <laughs> it's like, well, Katie. Katie's mm-hmm. the difference. And then he keeps on saying these things. Because to a degree, Xander is 
kind of standing up to him. He's not yeah. pushing him away, but he's like, the difference between you and me is that you're holding a knife to my neck. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And I love it. And, and he's mocking yeah. him. He's like, how very serial killer of you. Mm-hmm. And I love that he's like, this is like my grandpappy's knife. He's like, I think it qualifies as a sword. <laughs> 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 uh, I love that scene. Hall, what do you think of the pacing of the episode? Do you think it's, because it's weird, right? It's weird. I, yeah. I mean, this episode is hard because I wanted to like this episode more, but I had a really hard time getting into it. And it's definitely, but it's definitely me because it's like, I don't relate to Xander very much. Mm. I'm a woman and not a male. Like the only things that I could relate to was him trying to feel like he was relevant and like cool, but also like I kind of had this prejudice towards Xander. So mm. I had a yeah. hard time watching it. Also it was it. a sympathetic but it was definitely, Xander episode. It was, well, yeah, but it was definitely really interesting. And by the end, I definitely got into it. It's like, I see how this episode works for some people, but I definitely don't feel like I was the target audience for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. But it like, is. There's... It's weird. It's like weirdly, because so much stuff is left out. Yeah. Because it's not the main storyline. It's like you're seeing everything from like the B or C storyline. Yeah. Um, it is, which is jarring. Yeah. Like, but it's so funny how they, but they lean into it so powerfully. Where yeah. it's like, when it cuts back, it's the middle of Buffy and Angel's thing. When it cuts back, it's the monster's already out. And mm-hmm. Giles is like, it's gotten bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's always the most epic moments just for a second. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I love the faith thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's a little, you know, it's obviously the male fantasy thing. Yeah. But for faith, I feel like the way that, the, that, that, it isn't though. Is that when Faith's done? It's just I love that. Like, like okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. I have to shower. That was yeah, great. yeah. He keeps Xander keeps almost being on this noir adventure, and then they just truncate it mm-hmm. yeah. like each time until even I would say until the end when he leaves Jack and walks yeah. away, and then Jack's like, I'm gonna get and starts doing like this like oh, yeah. bad guy speech, and then gets yeah. taken out by Oz. Yeah. So <laughs> I love that Oz kills them. Yeah. And it's also yeah. what's great about it is they're already dead, so Oz doesn't there's not the guilt of Oz mm-hmm. killing someone. He's just eating a zombie. Yeah. 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 But that was always my favorite thing about it. And it has that music sting, which I don't know if it's the exact music. I can't say that. Oh no, I can't say this because it's spoilerific. It's a music sting that recurs in other lighthearted yeah. buffy romps from side characters. Um, and uh, and it's just like the, yeah, it's just funny voice. It's, I think it's the best realized Xander voice. Yeah, he's not really her. And I love that he just he doesn't tell the gang what he went through. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, what do you think now? about that? Yeah. Well, because that's pretty much I don't know. For me, that's the end of the episode is the best part of the episode because. It's Xander, like, growing, and it's also, like, ugh, it mm-hmm. sucks. Because, like, I don't, like, hate, hate Xander, but there are a lot of things I don't like about Xander. And the fact that Xander goes through all this and then doesn't feel the need to brag about it or tell anyone, you're like, oh, great. Like, that means that you had this big character moment, and mm-hmm. you have, like, grown, and you had this experience, and, like, it was a lot for Xander to not say anything about that. Yeah. And kind of, like, blow Cordelia off and all that stuff. So that was great. That was probably my favorite part about the episode. Yeah, and but, yeah. he faces death in a more extreme yeah. way than he ever had. Oh, for sure, it was pretty. It was where Buffy crazy. couldn't save him. Yeah. I wonder if I think that this is the only episode in the series so far where he encounters a situation like that where he's not with Buffy. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. he's left to fight the bad guy alone. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's even like a monster. It's 
It's a guy. Jack would have done that if he was a human too. Yeah, mm. yeah. I love the part where the worm, the hell worm, pokes its head out. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know what it is about. Great that. reappearance by the hell worm. Yeah, great hell worm. Thank yeah. yeah, welcome back, hell worm. Yeah. And then they take out the hell worm, right? So that, that's it. Yeah, they killed it. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up that plot line. And like, I love that somehow Angel was involved. Yeah. Because it's like, he was important. Because even though they don't specify why mm-hmm. Angel is important, I like that it reintroduces the idea that in apocalyptic scenarios, yeah. Yeah. Angel is known about. He's yeah. a major player. I think yeah. the one thing that this episode does do is when like Xander loses her virgin his uh, virginity to Faith, it's not a big deal at all. Oh yeah, like it's one of those things where like just like in our culture, I guess it's just built up as like this huge thing. Yeah, and then when it happens, it just kind of happens, and then it's over. It's the anti-American. Yeah, pie. it's yeah. like this yeah. big like whole thing. Like it just happens. And mm-hmm. It's done. That's so true. She, I gotta shower. But they don't. Yeah, yeah and, they and when don't, he like, is like, all right, gotta stop the bomb. Gotta no, but he's literally, he's literally he's literally he literally says. Bomb. No, because he was like, oh, I've never, what did he say? Like, I've never. I've been up with people before. Yeah, I haven't been up with the other people before. And it's like, so yeah, for it. He's like, like suddenly feeling very yeah, up. And he's like, so scared. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, I haven't done this before. And she doesn't even like, like, it's, it's, she doesn't even like give it like a second, like, thing. Like, it's so not a thing. And it yeah. happens. And then it's done. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But it just, they just yeah. did it. But because there is, though, in the whole series, there really is no other episode like it. I think that's why it always stands out for people. It's like, even though it's not necessarily, it's not one of the most, it's probably referenced as one of the most classic comedic episodes just because it is the only one mm-hmm. that ever plays it in that way mm-hmm. where you just don't see any of the main storyline. But um, I remember I tried to show this episode to a group of friends. Like, I have my Buffy friends back in New Hampshire, like a few that all watched it mm-hmm. and love it and appreciate it. But for those that do not, they know that I love it and they hate it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they hate it because they've seen it. They just don't They'll want never it. never dive into it. Yeah. yeah. They don't want it. They don't want to see it. They think it looks cheesy and old. They don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I tried to show a group of them the Zeppo once because I was like, oh, well, maybe like a group of, you know, young males would like think that the Xander like comedy episode is funny. And they they couldn't get through the first like fifteen minutes. Of it. They were like, even in the Oz scene where like Xander and Oz are having that great scene, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they just couldn't handle it. But uh, Oz is, <laughs> I love that question though of what is cool. Yeah, what is cool? Yeah, do you always want to go around and what is cool? I don't know. <clears throat> I what is the essence cool. of cool? What is the essence of cool? Oh, you, you yourself right? are considered more or less cool. Am I? <laughs> I love Oz at this point. It's such a weird external. Yeah, coolness is so interesting because it's it's what other people need. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. such an external thing. It's not internal. I don't yeah. think. Like Oz doesn't realize he's cool. Other people need like stoicism and stability. Yeah. And so I think that's why people see Oz as like so cool. Whereas in a different context, Oz would be like a freak. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I think coolness is supposed to be. Not caring about being cool and not caring what other people think about you mm-hmm. and whether or not they think you're cool. But yeah, it's hard. But because that's once, confidence yeah. and people need confidence. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. that's cool, yeah. right? Yeah. But because I feel like you could read any social situation and if you know like enough about like sociology and psychology, you could probably format your behavior to be cool because mm. you're just like oh everyone here needs someone who's like angry about stuff all the time great yeah. i'll be like that kind of person what i'm essentially saying is the manual of how to become a successful youtuber <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> <coughs> you look at your audience 
You look at what they usually tweet about, the voice they want, then you do it, but you show your face, you have pretty lighting, and then people will follow you because, uh, well, essentially <laughs> narcissism uh, and, and group and group mind. So that's the ripping the Band-Aid off of what I'm pretty sure everyone knows is a Band-Aid. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, anyway. Uh, coolness is hard. Well, because coolness is one of those things where I feel like I've had a lot of people tell me that upon first meeting me, they think I'm really cool. But then they get to know you and they're but like, But once Yikes. they get to know me and then they like, <laughs> hear all of my like crazy, like all of my like uh, weird um, anxieties and shit. And I like talk to them about like my feelings and all the shit that I'm concerned about. Like instantly not cool. It's like, oh, what? You have feelings too? You have insecurities? Just kidding. See, that's so You're lame. You're no longer cool. I, think I don't know if really that's true cool though. Because of your honesty. Thank you. But I no, I have noticed that about like I've met people and then like once they've gotten to know me. Oh, this is, you guys are hearing something really sad. Oh no. <laughs> really quick and really sad. But my ex-girlfriend from high school one time, we were hanging out with someone and someone was like, Omar, you're really cool. And she's like, yeah, he's really cool and charming until you really get to know him. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoa. Aww. That was feedback. And I didn't know what to say. Uh, but it, it definitely put me on a path of thinking I, about it. I don't it. know. I think that's true because I feel like it's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are looking for, I mean, we talked about like roasting and stuff like that before of people want this like other that fulfills everything that they yeah. lack. And so lots of times if they can see something that masks their insecurities in you, they'll project onto you and then they'll want to try to attach themselves to you, which I've noticed with a lot of people in LA. Mm-hmm. Whereas I personally like... Uh, friends like you guys and like study buddies like Mina and Ben and and Dale and everyone mm-hmm. who's like more open about you yeah. know our feelings and no of- that's the thing I've noticed too because I like when people because it's also like when people are open with you it feels like they trust in you enough to kind of mm-hmm. like tell you this about themselves and it's it's interesting because it makes people more like like fucking people like it makes them human like they yeah. have these insecurities they have these issues they're telling them to you and you're like oh wait you also like are freaked out about this kind of stuff. Like I don't yeah. want to be friends with someone that's just like a perfect person that has no issues. Like that's fucking boring. Yeah. And whatever. Like I like don't like some want people that. really like the like classic hero character, you know, who they were like there's nothing wrong with them and they're always awesome. Um essentially Mary Sue, but if it's a male character for some reason that never gets called out. Jason Bourne, guys. How can Jason Bourne do everything? That's I don't my think question. He's cool. He's, how can he do any that doesn't think, make how can he do everything? Born. Jason, I call that the boring eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm take the first that. person to say that. Uh, but yeah. I personally really like characters like Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great. And, and honestly, Matt Murdock in the Netflix series, mm-hmm. folks like that who have a lot of issues and are grappling with them and share those issues with like people. Like Buffy. Like yeah. Buffy, yeah, who I think is honestly the birth parent of both of those characters because there's so many writers mm-hmm. and creators mm-hmm. who translated into both of those franchises. Yeah. Um, I think cool like all of Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. But I think cool is ease and charisma are to me the top Charisma is pretty important. Because to me, charisma is ability to connect to people yeah. and talk to them. And ease in the sense that it doesn't seem like you're trying. And to me, that's as far about as it goes. If and it I looks that, like it's for the end result of that, of like connecting with people and people liking you, yeah. and you can pick up on that. It, there's something off-putting about it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah. It, like a like a disingenuous. They almost want more from you yeah. than you're gonna. But then that removes the element of ease. Exactly. Yeah. So if it's charisma and ease, then it's good because it's real. Yeah. But if it's forced or yeah. false, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, I agree. Do you know they're like this is a 
and I hope people don't think this about me because I'm sure I speak at length many times, but uh, when people just like talk a whole long period of time, you're just like, oof, done with this. It's like a very LA <laughs> thing, I think. It's something that I've noticed a lot. <laughs> it's a big LA thing and a big like networking thing where someone will just like talk at you about something mm-hmm. and <laughs> maybe, no, but it's like maybe you don't realize it right away and maybe it takes you a while to realize it, but it's such like a networking like... It's weird. Like, it is. It's very disingenuous. It's very just, like... Or maybe they're just using you for some sort of gain. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Because you don't know how to respond. Because part of you wants to be, like, super upbeat and, like, respond. But then sometimes you're just, like, not interested and very disingenuous. And you're like, I don't know what this is. There was a definite moment in my life where I shifted from someone who, when people are like, how's it going? I would just say, good. Or whatever, or I'd be like, "Well, it's on Wednesday," or whatever. Some stupid. Well, I've realized recently where it's like, if people ask you, like a lot of people when they ask you, like, "Oh, how's it going?" or like, "How it is," like, if you don't say anything positive, like if you say something like, "Oh, I mean, not amazing," or like, "Oh, I'm upset about this thing or the other thing," and they they will instantly no, but they'll instantly like lose interest, and you're like, "Oh, okay, you just wanted me to say like, oh, good." How are you? Yeah. But I didn't respond that way, and I can see you clearly, like, shifting interest into being like, oh, I yeah. feel really awkward about this. Because there's two reactions, But right? it's horrible when you see people react that way, because that's when you realize, like, oh, you're not actually my friend. You're just trying yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, with your close it friends, it's like, how's it going? Actually horrible. Here's yeah. why. It's like, yeah. oh, let's get through it. But usually with strangers, if any stranger asks me, how's it going? I just say the word, great. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not great. Yeah. Just because I'm like, great. How are you? Because that's supposed to be like the default. It's just kind of like a, it's just kind of a shield. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I could get into this. Yeah. But I don't think you're the person I want to get into. No, but into it, I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. shitty that when you tell the people that you think are your friends and then they're just like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. Oh, if it's someone that you trust and yeah. you're like, actually, I'm in, the, I'm down yeah. in the dumps. And they're like, oh, well, that sounds boring. I don't yeah. want to talk to you about yeah, that. Yeah. I've got a handful of folks who like oh, will yeah. react that way and I'm just like, okay, uh, well, and then, okay. but then they'll go into their problems yeah. and you're just like, yes. how? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I definitely yeah. know a few people like that. Uh, Briss Bramante. Wait, that last name <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize that that yeah, was thinly veiled. Uh, <laughs> Chris's long lost twin, Briss. Briss. Briss, uh, named after totally a ceremony. Uh, Very peaceful ceremony. <laughs> but I think it's also a big difference between the Scoobies. It's funny because like Xander is ostracized from the, the Scooby gang, which sucks, but they do care about him where they want to keep him safe. It's not a thing where they're they're icing him out for any specific reason. They want him to be safe, whereas these guys take him in and then are going to kill him to keep him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it, I think the turning point of the episode, when Xander really does kind of like, you know what, my place is there even though it's not my ideal place, is when Willow gives him a hug and says she loves him. Yeah. And that is I think that they the are pushing him away because of love. And it, it is it sucks that he is on the outside. Mm-hmm. They made an active choice to be like, you are being benched. Yeah, from but it's coming from a better place than these guys who are like, we want you to build a bomb with us, and we're going to kill you and keep you around as our zombie buddy. <laughs> yeah. The moment where he, the guy gets his head knocked yeah. off by the mailbox is one of the greatest. Yeah. Seeing a guy skate down a yeah. road, first of all, is amazing. I love, I love practical. Where's the bomb? That's cool. It's like, well, I'm going to tell you this. And he's going to... Oh, Gotta that's... stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then his little part with the axe. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's like Buffy doesn't... What does the guy say? For chopping, right? Oh, he's like, yeah, it's good for chopping. <laughs> Is that from something? But, uh, I don't know, but I know that this doesn't like it. <laughs> Best line... Two concepts. Anyway, um, I yeah, 
I just love Xander's little trying to be cool moments mm-hmm. of like saying the line and then they run away like mid. Yeah. Mid that. Example of a, a lack of ease is the car bit where he's like, it's my thing. It's like, oh, this is, there's no ease here. <laughs> no. no. And then that girl. Oh, and uh, what I wanted to say about that girl that's only interested in cars in danger mm-hmm. is even though she's beautiful and she's interested in talking to Xander and it's working mm-hmm. his plan is working to an extent but it's clearly not I love that Angel is the one that shows up yeah and, and Xander hates Angel yeah. yeah but he sees Angel and he's like Angel yeah buddy come here yeah. please that it's like he's in such discomfort that even Angel is better yeah uh, and I think that's interesting she's a weird device the I car think, girl I think we're slowly deconstructing that male like kind of here saying that male fantasy yeah. Where it's like this, this cute like Cordelia calls it out later. Cordelia is so brilliant. She also knows so much about pop culture, mm-hmm. like Zeppo. Yeah, yeah. Cordelia Marx and her Marx brothers. <laughs> I mean, Cordelia Chase and her Marx brothers. No, it's awesome. But it is a thing where she's like, "Are you done? Like trying to impress bimbos or whatever?" Is like a line she uses. Yeah. And while it's not exactly the language I would use, it is a thing yeah. where he was kind of chasing that. Like you know, he's it is like a weird detective night. Or he yeah. sleeps with this super hot femme fatale and is attracting these blondes that usually Angel would be after. Yeah. But it's not what he wants. Like, he yeah. does not want to be the main... He doesn't want to be his own angel, which no. is maybe a TV show that'll spin off in the future. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My Own Angel? My Own Angel. The Xander Show. I don't know if we're getting that one. <laughs> <laughs> you? You're not an angel. I'm my own angel. Uh, we're going to can it from the pilot. <laughs> That's not getting greenlit. What would be your Zeppo night, Holland? My Zeppo night? Yeah. Oh, Where, like, you try to go out on, like, Holland's night out. I was thinking, backfires. well, because I was thinking about this because I was looking, I was thinking about it. I was like, would a girl really just, like, go up to a guy because of his car? And then I was thinking of all the times, like, where I've, like, seen, like, bikes or, like, motorcycles or something that I thought were really cool. And I was like, maybe I could just stand here and wait for the person to come out. And I was like, that seems like an insane person thing to do. I would never do that. But it's like I've had the thought pass through my mind. Even, like, I've seen a bike outside of the fucking, like, grocery store, and I'm like, oh, maybe I could just wait here and see your, like... Are you into biker folk? I don't know. Kind of. It's not, like, my main thing, but it's definitely, like, a thing. Like, I don't know. Like, you a short list? Mo- you think a motorcycle is cool? Yeah. I'm, like, I don't know, typical girl. You know. You're a hog gal? Uh, not necessarily. Like, I've never been on one, but I'm not going to say that, like, guys on motorcycles isn't, like, super hot. Yeah. Even like, yeah, I don't what know. What is it? The the confidence and I danger? Just like, even just seeing anyone riding a motorcycle just seems like really badass. I don't know. It's just like a cool. thing. There's certain There's danger a to why it. It's a thing. What about a moped? Even like Vespas are kind of cool. I kind of want a Vespa. I want a bike. Like, I feel like I want a bike more than I want a car. A motorcycle? But I also feel like I would die. Yeah. They're called mm-hmm. Widowmakers, which is a really sexist term when you think about it because it insinuates <laughs> that only men ride motorcycles. <laughs> right? Because men are called widows, are they? Like widower, so. widower maker. A widower? Yeah, no, that I means feel like a widower is killed. a woman. A widower is a man. Is a man is a widower? That sounds like someone who... Interesting. What? That No, that yeah. sounds like someone who killed a guy who's in a marriage with most likely a woman oh. who leaves her a widow. <laughs> yeah. I don't right? know. Yeah, they would, they that's a widow maker. Okay. Wait, no, that's a kind of car. That's a kind of... That's a motorcycle. That's a motorcycle. For a motorcycle. And we're back. I don't know. I feel like it, it would be something like that or it'd be something like going out. Like, because I never go out somewhere with the sheer purpose of being like, I'm going to 
find a dude. Like, that's never... I usually go out because I'm like, oh, I'm with friends. We're like, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. do this or You're that. You're not a Waldo reader? Thing. I'm never going out somewhere specifically, like, looking to find someone. Waldo? But it's reader. like... Is that a thing? It's, it is now. When you, go, when you specifically go out to look for a man. Oh. Is you're a Waldo I reader. I, there have been, like... Waldo? There were definitely random times in college where, like, me and a friend would go out and we'd have, like... There was this one time, like, sophomore year where me and my friend went to i was talking to uh uh, daniel about this because like me and my friend went to Rutgers once and like the whole joke about Rutgers is that it's like sluckers oh and that's like i didn't know that girls get to go to parties for free and like the college i went to girls never went to parties for free or got free drinks because there were so many girls and it was in our school but like if you go to Rutgers and you go to a party you get in for free and they give you free drinks and the guys are just like obsessed with you and it's such a weird like I don't know. It's like not what it is. So we went and we were like competing to see who could like make out with who, like more guys. It was really dumb. It was such a dumb thing that it's. I think we tied. We definitely tied. But it's At like. What? <laughs> Stop. I'm not going to. Anyway. But it's like one of those things that I don't Sorry. do. Wait. No, it's fine. It's one of those now things, I'm wondering. No, it's one of those things that like I don't do because I'm like, that's not me. And that's never like, that's not what I'm going out to do. What college but is it's always fun. I know, but that's probably one of the craziest things in college because I've never, I never really did anything crazy in college because I was too focused on like my education and shit. But it's like you go out and do something like that where you're like, this is not who I am as a person, but this is a fun thing that like normal girls do. So I'm going to go on. It was like two people each. It was not anything crazy. But also like making out with two different guys at a party is like crazy for me. I've done it. That doesn't usually happen. I used to, uh, I feel like I never went, I never like went out with that sort of pursuit or that angle of like, I'm going to meet like someone to like hook up with because usually when I interact with someone, their first thought is, oh God, he's an improviser. And then I'm like, all right, well, I'll just go around like theatrical parties then, right? And then I bump into people and I'm getting to know them. And then my first thought is, oh God, they're an improviser. So it just kind of just never really connects. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have a great amount of luck in romance. (laughs) Um, I think it's multiple facets. I think people think I'm, I talk strange. And can we, can we just say what we're both thinking? That Holland has way more game than we do. Yeah, I have sure. no game. Are you kidding me? More than us. You've heard, no, you've heard mine. I've like, never made out with stories. two people in one night. But that doesn't mean I anything have. because the, the people that I'm actually interested in want nothing to do with me. So it's fine. That's not necessarily a game. Like in a, in Air Bud. Did you think the dog wants to play basketball? No, but the dog's great at basketball. I kind of felt like he was into it. You think that you think everybody's into basketball? Oh yeah. Why does he keep changing sports every film, then, sir? Let me ask you that. Because well, you know, it's like he's like the Michael Jordan of <laughs> the dog Space sports. Jam. It's yeah. Just onto baseball. Yeah. There's a volleyball one with like a parrot. I really want to watch that one. I think it's eight. Airbud eight. Yeah. There's wow. so many airbuds. I would like to take if if the people Air who badminton is it called badminton? I like the air buddies when it's the know. puppies. Wait, did you say I it was like about the puppy ones? Badminton? No, no, no. Sorry, I don't volleyball. think there's a badminton one. Not yet. Oh we my can god. Do it. Badminton. Let's make it. <laughs> I want does badminton bud- not exist? I'm pitching to you guys right now a Jet Li esque movie about Airbud called Airbud One, and Airbud has to go eliminate all the other timelines to be the strongest Airbud. Love it. Thank you. Love it. Now, how do we make it kid-friendly? That's the struggle. <laughs> I think you just do it off-screen. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. like, in the Jet Li movie, it was Jet Li versus Jet Li, and the entire appeal was him fighting himself on screen. But you're saying we do it off-screen. Yep. Cool. Imagination. Baby. Yeah. Encourage those young minds. Mm-hmm. Fill in the blanks. Scott McCloud. Great. Scott McCloud. 
And it's our bell. Oh. <laughs> that one snuck up on us. We are almost out of time. Anyway. <laughs> and we're gonna do our extra kill activity where we're gonna make something up on the spot oh, inspired bell. by the episode. Sorry, I started talking over that. You can say that again. Um, uh... um so I noticed uh, so the they built the library over at Hellmouth, which like real bad idea. But I want to know where this isn't necessarily necessarily related to Sunnydale, so maybe this doesn't work. But I want to know where like the real Hellmouth is. Like in today, where is the Hellmouth? Oh, Cleveland? okay. I feel like Orlando, or like so maybe we don't have to get mm. political. Maybe, but like, where is the Hellmouth? Or where's a Hellmouth? I have an idea. Where are the Hellmouths? What if we're deciding, what if we're like the UN of Hellmouth, yeah. deciding where the next Hellmouth goes? Great. Should we do that? Yeah, yeah let's do that. All right. Order, order. Yeah. Rabble. The meeting of Hun is, is, is now in session. The Hellmouth United Nations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or to our friends in France, United Nations de Hellmouth. <laughs> I'd uh... Uh, Master, Master Speaker, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge, of course, the recently closed Hellmouth that brought a lot of jobs and a lot of activity that just closed in Uruguay. Mm -hmm. And there was some fantastic demonry that was known there, and I think it was ultimately a giant success. Yes, uh, yes, yes. That was a good the, campaign. A good the, campaign. Yes, the, the Montevideo Hellmouth. Mm -hmm. But now we are in store for another Hellmouth. We need to find the location of the new Hellmouth. Mm. Hmm. Right. I know a few hot spots, but... Uh, after the Earl Grey project, I didn't want to push anything on you. <laughs> mm. Perhaps you, uh, master, master second speaker. What if, I feel like we don't do much in uh, Aus Australia, maybe Austria. I don't know one of the... One which of the which one are you leaning uh, towards? I don't know. I mean, Australia seems kind of far from everything else. It is far. and it's, it's, I've, I've been there, I've been to Sydney. Should we put one there? Because it is far and Australia is rather dangerous. I've been to Would Australia and those poor folk don't need anything else to complicate or drag down their lifestyle, please. Okay, so so maybe closer to and Austria. Plus yeah, yeah. Maybe, In Austria, quicker to say. Sort of yeah, German. Losing a it is less it is less syllables. Yeah. But also in Australia there are underground communities. Literally, it's so hard. Actually, uh, Austria is technically more syllables. Now that I look back and I'm, Austria, and I'm counting. Austria. Australia. Because it's just Australia. Australia. Austria. It's the Australia. same amount. It's Australia. Just, I believe it's Australia. It's actually, I feel like it's I actually the same syllable. amount. Australia. Australia. Same just amount. one syllable. Uh, it's a questionable fourth Syllables thing. aside, I do feel like Austria is closer to um, our other Hellmouths, and maybe that makes more sense. I don't know. What what mm. does the council think? I I would I would honestly recommend Sacramento. Sacramento. Sa Sacramento. Uh, should we put it over the fault line when uh, exactly? I think when the fault when line the, when the quote unquote big one hits, uh, maybe we can. Uh, lie and the Hellmouth is opening and was like oh it's the big one oh just kidding it's not really the big one but it's still coming uh but no here's a you know this is what you should but expect. hell just opened up yeah but this yeah. big one is still coming you know we'll just put it on the san andreas mm. you know actually now that i think about it now that i think about it now that i think about it uh majority of land in nevada i would say 80 percent of the land in nevada is owned by the government is it now? So we could just probably plop it on like, one of those uh, pieces. Like Ros Roswell area. The heart of Las Vegas, perhaps. Oh, we could, oh, oh Vegas would be a good hellmouth. Yeah. Lots of tourism. Yeah. In fact, I think it would go over well. I yeah, think that I they, think would, they could do with a good apocalypse. Maybe, maybe, so. maybe Bakersfield. Oh, Bakersfield. You do pass Bakersfield on the way up to Las Vegas. No, 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 no. no. We are being very California-centric. Okay. Uh, Helena. 
it's a capital, but it gets no attention. Montana. Helena. 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 No one ever talks about Helena. Uh, Helena. The... Or Lincoln, Nebraska. Helena. Oh, Lincoln, Nebraska maybe, would be good. Should we do the Dakotas? Oh, maybe right on the border. On the border right on the nose of Abraham right Lincoln. Right on the nose right. of... Yeah. Be like, yeah. hello Dakotas, you need to work together. Maybe we'll put a Hellmouth in between the two Dakotas mm-hmm. and you guys can figure your shit out. No, mm. yeah, I wouldn't mind that, to be honest. And it's beautiful, beautiful country. Is it? Lovely country, lovely country. N- never lovely been, country. never been. Probably but something I do about believe... Des Moines. Des Moines. We want to keep Des Moines the way it is. Or... Is that Iowa, Idaho? Mm. I think that is Iowa, the Iowa. most Iowa. wonderful idea I've heard <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe yeah. all these ideas are so strong. Can we not afford to get a few hellmouths going on along the way? I mean, every city could benefit from it. We could, we could do, and now hear me out, and I know this is a little cliche, but mm. if we're staying strictly to the United States of America, Route 66, add another six, and put a few hellmouth stops along the way. Now, we might As get in trouble with the, the comic Route 666, oh. but we don't really care I don't, about that I sort of feel thing. like, I feel like... Was that a like, book? Was that what that was? Uh, I, forget, I think it was Boom, maybe, uh. but I'd be wrong. I do, though, feel like if it's Route 666 and we do set them up as tourist attractions, people are going to come out and see them. Because they're like, we don't have to live here. We can just go about our way, going to wherever. We will get traffic. Yes. We will get traffic. People will stop. It's a very boring drive. People driving across the country. They will want to stop at the different Hellmouths. Um, and we could do a different uh, themed food for each one. Mm. You know, uh, different different Hellmouth snacks. Now you're stage. talking. I see the the Roger Rabbit approach. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we could have gas stations, could have magnets. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Hellmouth magnets. Yes. Roger Rabbit. What about a Hellmouth at the center of the Roger Rabbit ride in Disneyland? <gasps> Ooh, in Toontown. In Toontown. Is that still up? In Toontown. In Toontown. Hmm. You know what? I'm 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 putting my vote behind Toontown. I mean that that line is rather long. It, you know, I don't know. You could just, one of those doors that don't necessarily open, but you hear noises. We could just make one of them open. Yes. And one day, some small child is in line pushing on the door, and then it opens, and then poof, they're in a hellmouth. Hellmouth, perfect. And it just happens. And all the all the windows look like faces. Yeah. Man. That would be a good place. I don't know. Babies smoking home. cigars. I mean, we're for that. Just just paint thinner, paint thinner, just dripping everywhere. And would plus, get, would get us a lot of traffic. Plus. When the apocalypse hits and everything starts to sink in, us three could go hit up the new Star Wars park. Ah, be nice. There would be absolutely no lines. We'd go on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah, they'd walk right on. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then head back for a uh, 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 gadgets roller coaster gadgets, yeah, and a uh, quick stop to Bell's ice cream and then yeah. take a picture with sis. Sailing Minky, 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 Sailing Minky Mouse. Minky, yeah, Minky Mouse. Minky Mouse. And then Oswald. I think we've uh, I think we've landed on a good spot. Uh, yes. Do you think yes. Toontown may be the place? I think Toontown it is. It is. Now who is gonna pay for parking? <laughs> I'll get it this time. <laughs> is that okay. right? Yes, <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. And that's our bell. <laughs> I am not opposed to that conclusion, to be honest. I mean, I really like Toontown, um, but you know when you're acting, like your character's never wrong? <laughs> so we were all in our characters. We were right, like all of our motivations, we had to be in it, right? You know, the Meisner exercises. Yeah. And I feel like my, I feel like as my character and as a character who knew your characters, I think we made a good decision for our characters. No regrets. Stepping back, I think it's a terrible idea. I think yes. Disneyland is sacred space. Me too. But for our characters, I would say, 
That was a really good discovery. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I only for thought it because sure. you're Roger Rabbit, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of episode 13 of season 3, The Zeppo. We are blowing through season 3. God, I love this season. Yeah. This is some great Buffy stuff. Man, I love this era of Sunnydale. It's so fun. Um, it's the purest. It is the purest. It is the purest. And it's and I like that we're in... We're kind of in happy angel territory. Yeah, exactly. We get to spend some time with good angel. Yeah. And yeah. like they're not quite together, but they clearly kind of maybe something. Yeah. There's like this is like date Buffy Angel territory. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying if that'll change or whatever, but we are definitely in it. Mm-hmm. We get to experience it whereas before it was different. So So this is awesome, man. Um Chris, where can I find you? Hello, my name is Chris Bramante. You can find me as Amontiak on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find me with musical improv troupe Robot Teammate and the Accidental Party at Robot Teammate on Twitter, at Accidental Party on Instagram, uh, performing every week starting at 6 p.m. July 15th on the Geek and Sunder Twitch show. And Hamilton's uh, July 9th and July 31st, next upcoming events. Woo! How about you, Holland Farkas? Uh, my name is Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter, at Holland Farkas, uh, Farkland is Instagram, Holland Farkas on Facebook. Um, and those are the main things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And I'm Omar. You can always find me at Omar Najam on Twitter, as well as uh, Two Broke Geeks. Right now we're not tweeting a lot, making a lot of videos, but we are posting to Instagram a bunch because Jurassic June has just wrapped up. I love so your guys' Jurassic June stuff. I don't know if we got all 30 days, but we have a lot. So if you want to go check out Two Broke Geeks, that's number two on Instagram. A lot of Jurassic June, where we recreated shots from Jurassic Park. Do you need to do one more? With nothing. We got, I, have to, I have to do like 20. Should we do <laughs> one tonight? Uh, maybe. Maybe. You got, you got one in maybe. mind. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a Velociraptor somewhere. We got an assortment of stuff. We should somewhere. definitely do it. Uh... And yeah, and also, I am an improv team as well. We perform at UCB Sunset as well as at the Clubhouse. Uh, we perform at the Clubhouse every other Friday, so check out Swimming Lessons, or Lessons Swimming on Improv, or Swimming Lessons Improv uh, on f- Facebook and find out where that's happening. I also tweet about it. So come check it out. It's a really fun group when the, our shows are free. We don't believe in having to have people pay for our shows quite yet. Maybe when we're as good as Robot Teammate, we can justify it, but uh, just come hang out with us. We're great. I don't know why I sold it that way. That's a bad pitch. And you can always check out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, it's at SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram, where we're also very active, and on Facebook, Sunnydale Study Group. Please hit us up, send us messages. Everyone who discovers the podcast and then pulls in friends and says, like, you would love this, it means so much to us. Mm -hmm. We can't always respond to everything because we're just running around the day. But we really appreciate it. We love the fact that you guys check out the podcast and recommend it to fellow study buddies. It's so awesome. It's why we do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no Patreon or anything attached to this. It's literally just to share our love of Buffy. So yeah, um, next week we are going to be talking about an amazing episode that's going to change a lot for the gang and all of Sunnydale and the show. And if everything goes well, we'll have a really cool announcement right at the beginning too. So we'll see uh, if we can get that together. But until then, guys, stay safe. Hang out with your friends that are supportive and care about your safety, not an undead gang of guys that Holland Farkas does not approve of. If you could say one thing to the group of dead guys, what would it be, Holland? Just one sentence to them. I don't know. Stop being horrible bros. Like, I don't know. They're just... I don't know. I don't know, I, think those, I think those disappointed gruntles. Grow up. I, just... <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that worked. <laughs> I, I just don't know. know. You just brought them down to size. Yeah. They think they're so cool, and you're just like, yeah. I don't know, man. 
and then you just walk out watch an Twain's that don't impress me much plays in the background. Don't, don't impress me, me much. Would you just sing that to them? Got the touch. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're all right. That'll keep me warm in the middle of the night. All right, guys. I get your boots. I get your bags. We will see you next week. Bye. You're Gandhi. That don't impress me. Oh, so you're a rocket scientist? That don't impress me. Well, it should. Because it's quite an achievement. (laughs) Yeah, Shania. Even if you don't want him as a lover, that is a very skilled profession. Like, I, uh, yeah, that does impress me much. That does impress me quite a bit, to be completely honest. Well, that impresses me in certain ways, but not romantically. (laughs) We should do a cover. That's that. Because, like, the Brad Pitt thing. So you're Brad Pitt. I mean, you have an impressive career.